stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. This is something that's been less of a concern in Alberta than elsewhere in the country, but it is still something I think people need to be aware of. Uh, The potential for tick bites and the potential that that can lead to Lyme disease. So there's been a lot of awareness campaigns uh, over the last few years so that people know what to look out for when it comes to ticks, how to check for ticks, uh, what to watch out for if you're worried that you may have been uh, bitten by a tick. And as we head into the summer months this year, there, there is a concern that we are going to see more tick bites and potentially then more Lyme disease. Experts say there are more ticks in more parts of Canada now. And so that could lead to uh, an uptick in the number of cases of Lyme disease. But joining us to talk a bit more about all of this, very pleased to welcome the program, uh, Robin Lindsay, who's a uh, research scientist with the Public Health Agency of Canada, specializes in ticks and Lyme disease. Robin, thank you for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, Now, in terms of Alberta, um, I mean, Alberta doesn't seem to be as much of a hotspot as other parts of the country when it comes to tick populations, but... Um, this, should that not give us a sense of complacency then, I assume? Uh, no. Um, what we're finding with these the ticks that transmit Lyme disease, their range is expanding. So currently the, the populations are, are established in Manitoba, but they've kind of gone from the uh, eastern corner and in the span of 10 years have spread pretty well right across the province, and they're moving westward. So... Uh, the potential for populations to occur in Alberta at some point is there. Plus, these ticks feed on migratory birds. So occasionally you'll see uh, introductions of these ticks well outside their range. And on an annual basis, we do see black-legged ticks in Alberta. The Alberta Health runs a surveillance program. And so these sort of foreign ticks can be found there. So there is a low-level risk of, of contracting Lyme disease, even if the ticks aren't established in your area. But they are spreading. That that much we can we can detect. Oh, absolutely. This is it's quite dynamic the way that they've they spread in a in a relatively short period of time. When I started working on these ticks back in 1990, there was only one population in southern Ontario. Now there are populations all through Ontario, including eastern and and uh, northwestern Ontario. They're present in Manitoba, Quebec, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia. So there's been a tremendous amount of activity. And is that just, I mean, is it warmer temperatures? Is that what's driving it? I think it's a combination of definitely the uh, the warming climate has allowed for the expansion. But I think what what happened is populations in the U.S. expanded to the point where we had uh, a lot of uh, birds carrying them into Canada. And then even in places like Manitoba and northwestern Ontario, the populations in those uh, U.S. states have actually pushed up to the border and over. So it's been a it's been a combination of the weather being suitable and these populations actually moving into new areas. Now it's a certain kind of tick that can carry Lyme disease, right? Absolutely, it's a tick called the black leg tick. It's a genus and species Exoides scapularis, and it's quite a bit different than the, the the more common species you'd see in Alberta would be the Rocky Mountain wood tick. This tick is quite a bit smaller. Uh, the black legged tick is quite a bit smaller, and it doesn't have the nice uh, white markings on it like the uh, Rocky Mountain wood tick. Now we call it Lyme disease, but I mean it's it's a bacterial infection, right? That's right. Lyme disease is a bacterial infection that these ticks transmit after they've uh, fed on a person for a certain amount of time. 
and the, the ticks are getting it from, from other animals and spreading it to you. That's human. right. This is what we call a zoonotic disease that is, exists in nature and only occasionally spills over into people. So the bacteria cycles between ticks and typically small mammals or birds that are infected with this bacteria. So it goes between the small mammals and the ticks and only occasionally spills over into the human population. And they are quite small. There was uh, one awareness campaign that's been getting a lot of attention lately where it's a poppy seed muffin. It looks like poppy seeds, but upon closer look, it's actually ticks on on the muffin. And I guess it's a way of driving home that point that, you know, you got to watch for these and they, they are small. Well, that's absolutely true. Uh, the adults of the black-legged tick, compared to the Rocky Mountain wood tick, are about, uh, I'd say about a third the size. It's really, the really small ones are the teenage stage. So you, what the females will lay eggs, what comes out of the egg is the larvae. Those will feed and become the nymph. And the nymph is the more dangerous uh, stage because it's really small. It's kind of the teenage uh, phase. And those are like one to three millimeters in length and very hard to find on yourself promptly. Now, what what do people need to watch out for then? I mean, if if people are concerned they've been bitten by a tick, what what would be the the signs that that's happened? Well, typically, again, fortunately in Alberta, most of the the tick bites you'd get would be from Rocky Mountain wood ticks. So, you know, the odds of of developing a disease are are quite low. If you were bitten by uh, a black-legged tick and it was infected with the agent of Lyme disease, you would typically, uh, in a... In a couple of weeks, you'd develop a, uh, a rash at the bite site, and that would be an expanding red rash, uh, typically more than five centimeters. Along with that rash would become would come flu-like illness, so fever, headache, muscle and joint pain. And again, if you had the hallmark uh, rash and those accompany symptoms, obviously you'd want to see a physician right away. When it comes to diagnosing Lyme disease, and I know it's it can be difficult, and I think maybe there are concerns that a lot of cases go unreported or it goes underdiagnosed. Are we getting better at uh, diagnosing Lyme disease and, and recognizing it and treating it? Well, we definitely uh, are... Uh, educating within the provinces where we're educating physicians and again the 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 trick to preventing Lyme disease or after a person's been in, infected is early recognition so making sure the physicians are aware of those early symptoms not necessarily even testing if if you have acute Lyme disease you have a rash you've, you know you you've been exposed recently there is no need to do any uh, sort of blood tests or laboratory tests it can be uh, ba- the diagnosis can be made on a clinical basis. So making sure physicians are aware of that, that, that clinical basis for the diagnosis helps to speed up the, um, the treatment for individuals. And I think that's going to take some time to, you know, because physicians uh, in a place like Alberta, they don't see a lot of cases. It's going to take some time for them yeah. to develop the expertise, but they're getting there. Certainly in Manitoba, we've seen a, a change since the ticks arrived and have spread physician education is much better and they do a much better job at, at recognizing and treating cases early once there's you know a, a need to do that right and and by the way and we should mention too i mean this is an infection that our pets can get and and it's also important if you know you have dogs who like to you know run around through wooded areas that uh, you know check check your dogs too absolutely the the 
the risk for, for, for companion animals like dogs is considerably less than people. Many dogs will remain a- asymptomatic after exposure to the, this bacteria that causes Lyme disease. So it's, it's not nearly as significant for dogs as the proportion that actually get sick. But I mean, they can inadvertently bring ticks into, the, into an area where you wouldn't necessarily expect to find them, like your home. They can be carried on the animal. So again, they could serve as a vehicle to, to put you at greater risk. So speaking to your veterinarian about preventatives that you can apply to the dog to, to kill ticks is a good idea. Yeah, some important advice. Dr. Lindsay, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Rob. All right, take care. Dr. Robin Lindsay, uh, research scientist with the Public Health Agency of Canada. So uh, they are bracing maybe for more of this this year. Again, I mean, we're a little more fortunate here in Alberta than other parts of, of Canada that we don't have as many of these black-legged ticks as other parts of the country do. But as he said, I mean, these, these patterns are, are continuing to change and evolve over the years for a variety of factors, as he said. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.